Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Brain Fart. I am Maddie, and I am your host for this podcast. Uh, welcome, guys. Welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to be doing it again. It's been... Time has been very weird lately. I'm just going to come out of the gate and say it. I feel like it has been a year <laughs> since I last recorded my podcast, and it also feels like I did it yesterday. And nothing is quite making sense. And everything is kind of starting to blend together in this weird, isolated time. And luckily, I started classes again. And yeah, they're online, but it gives me some structure to the day. But I spend most of my day in my room doing classes and doing work that I that time just starts to blend together and become its own its own blob of life right now. And so I need to maybe get outside a little bit more. I'm sure I sound crazed right now as I'm saying this. I'm listening to myself speak and I sound a little on edge. But today, before I had lunch, I went outside and I just closed my eyes and sat in the sun for, I think, even two minutes. And that alone felt like it completely rejuvenated me. So if you need this, this is your reminder to, if you can, go outside or at least open windows if it's possible. Just get some sort of fresh air because that was definitely necessary. And I think after I record this, I might go for a walk just to get out and get my legs stretched and get my sun for the day. It's it's beautiful here. Yeah, okay, that was an interesting... <laughs> An interesting tangent I went on at the beginning of this. But hello, welcome. Let's talk. Let's see how how we're doing. It's it's a crazy time. I can't even believe I, I'm living through something like this. And I'm sure most people can't either. And I'm not even in the on the front lines of workers or people working in hospitals. I can't even imagine what kind of horrible utopia they're going through right now. Um, utopia. Oh, no, no. Wrong word, Maddie. Uh, dystopia. Dystopia? That sounds wrong, too. I think the problem is when you spend seven hours of your day staring at a screen and trying to learn that way, it just muddles your brain. And I think that's what's happening to me. My brain is just slowly melting into a little a little puddle inside my head. <laughs> okay, but besides all of that crazy talk, this episode I want to talk about my experience being sick with what I think was COVID, might not be COVID, uh, whatever it was, I was very, very ill for about a month, and most of the symptoms aligned with COVID, so I, I liked I would like to assume, but I don't want to because I also don't want to go around feeling safe when I still need to be taking precautions. Um, but I will talk about how I was very sick for a month. And I just want to go in and give you my experience and how I was feeling. It's been, I think, almost three weeks to... Has it been a month since I was very sick? Wow, I've been home. I've been in the States for... A lot longer than I thought I was. I miss London. I would like to go back to London. <laughs> I hope I hope I can finish out my program there. Holy cow, I told you, time is just flowing and ebbing and doing a lot of crazy things right now. 
But yes, so I believe it was about three weeks to a month ago that I was really sick. And it happened pretty immediately after I got home. I think that's where I left off in my last episode. So if you haven't listened to that, I mean, feel free to go listen to it if you want. But I basically just talked about me traveling to get back from London to Las Vegas. So traveling home and what it was like to travel internationally during a pandemic. (laughs) And it was sure, it was sure interesting. I'll tell you that much. But I wanted to talk today kind of about the aftermath of when I got home and what was going on. And so I I came home on Tuesday. It was St. Patrick's Day. That's what it was. What a what a wacky thing cuz we were in the car driving from LA to Las Vegas because I couldn't fly directly into Las Vegas on an international flight. I believe they only had and still maybe have 13 airports open across the country that allow international flights. So I had to fly into LA. And then my mom ended up picking me up and driving me home. And I remember us being in the car and then all of a sudden wishing each other a happy St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) A very, very silly situation. But so I, I had driven home that Tuesday. And the next day I... I was in my home. I was quarantining, self-quarantining myself just because of the travel and you have to for uh, two weeks. And the next day I was feeling pretty okay. Me and my mom were talking, um, not, (laughs) we weren't like hugging or touching or anything, but we were just talking to each other and I was watching some TV and everything felt pretty okay. Nothing serious was happening. And then I believe it was that Thursday or was that Wednesday night that I started to feel a little under the weather. I had a little bit of a cough um, and I was having a little, some headache stuff happening, but nothing, nothing very serious. The cough was more worrisome than anything because I was thinking about how it could possibly lead into something else or something bigger. And there was also the fact that I someone at my university tested positive, as well as one of my close friends getting sick. And she she got sick, I think, pretty soon after I left. And she let us all know. And I had been in contact with her, I think, a couple days before she was really ill. And so that those two things were on my mind. And not that I wanted to think, oh, I've got it. I've, I've got the COVID. Um, I've got COVID-19. I didn't want it to become a panic thing, but that was just in the back of my mind as, okay, that could be a factor in what happens next. And so I was feeling a little under the weather, nothing super serious. I wasn't having any fevers. And then probably Thursday afternoon, I believe I got my first fever or my temperature started to spike a little bit. I don't think it went super high. I think it was teetering on a 99 to 100.5. So just like right above what they said to look out for when because I after I got off the plane, they gave me a slip saying, hey, if you start to cough or you start to have fevers of 100.5 or higher or uh, this starts to happen, they just kind of gave you a guideline of watch out for these symptoms. And if they happen, continue to quarantine and contact your medical provider, all of those things. And so I was starting to feel a little under the weather. So we were kind of marking that my mom started taking notes on my symptoms and my fevers and what was happening. And I started to feel pretty crappy. I was not feeling 
great and I was spending a lot of time laying down and my fever was kind of coming in and coming out and I was getting a lot of a lot of achiness and a lot of not completely chills more achiness in my body and especially my arms my arms were so achy to the point that that started becoming a tell of when I would get a fever is because my arms would start to ache and then my mom would look into my eyes or see something shift in my face and know I had a fever and we would check it and it would be true and so that started happening I think either Thursday afternoon, but I think the achiness really started Friday morning. Also, I'm telling you this, and a lot of it I have forgotten, and so it's been kind of retold to me by my mother and kind of this vague idea of what had happened and what was happening at the time, because I I kind of slept away an entire month, so I'm going to give you the best I can in description and how I was feeling, but just to let you know, it is a little um, muddled or... I guess like watered down. I I don't know. Those are weird, weird ways of putting it, but it's almost like seeing it through a filter because it's not quite as clear as it would have been if I was documenting it daily with daily journals. And I just wasn't doing that because I felt very sick. Um, so that, that was happening. And Friday, I, this first, first Friday, um, this first Friday I started feeling pretty sick in the morning. And then shockingly that afternoon and tonight I started feeling better. And so I I had had some coughing the Thursday and Friday and then by Friday afternoon night I kind of started to get my energy back. Uh I wasn't coughing as much. I didn't have any fevers and I was feeling pretty pretty good. Um and I th- I kept thinking, okay, maybe it was just a little cold I caught on the airplane, maybe it wasn't a big deal at all. Or if I did have it, maybe I am just kicking and, and kicked it in the booty uh, and I am healthy. But then it all kind of turned, turned poorly, <laughs> turned to poop the next, the next day on Saturday. And Saturday, I think, was the day I started to get higher fevers, so kind of sitting more in the 101, 102, even up to 103 area. And they were pretty on and off with a lot of achiness and some coughing and laying in bed. And then the newest symptom that day that was really worrisome was shortness of breath and a lot of tightness and pain in my chest. It was almost as if my chest was really hot. And I couldn't, I just couldn't get a deep breath. And every time I coughed or sneezed or even talked too much, my chest would just hurt and it would just ache. And I was really out of breath and I was just so tired and I couldn't get out of bed and I just wasn't feeling good. And that night, I believe, was the night that it really started to take a turn for the worse. I was pretty, pretty ill and my chest was hurting a lot and I couldn't breathe and my fever was pretty high. And I think with my fever, I was starting, not hallucinating, but starting to panic a little bit because I was in this fog and in this fever like state that just was, I wasn't in my right mind, I believe. And so the fact that I wasn't quite in my right mind and I also was really short of breath and I was coughing made me start to panic 
And that was, I believe Saturday and Sunday were the days that my parents were kind of on standby to take me to the hospital. They were ready to take me at any second if it got any worse. But we were just trying to hold out a little bit because we really didn't want to have to go to the hospital. We didn't want to... I didn't want to be thrown into quarantine for weeks. I had rather wait in quarantine at my home. And you just hear all these horror stories and you don't want to go. You don't want to overwhelm them with your presence if you don't think it's that bad. And I was nowhere near, obviously, needing to be in ICU. But it was starting to get a little touch and go for a while with my fever and with my shortness of breath. And so my parents were ready to go. And I remember that night, I was on the phone with Martin, my partner, and he was listening to me breathe and just being on the phone with me. And I remember my mom coming in and me just crying and begging her to keep checking on me because I thought I was going to die during the night. And I just was so worried that I was going to stop breathing in the middle of the night because I couldn't even catch my breath when I was awake. And so it was just this panic and this fear and feeling like I couldn't breathe or get any breath in. And it's interesting because I talked to my mom. It's interesting. But I talked to my mom afterwards and she was telling me how she just wanted me to go to sleep because she believed that my body would regulate itself and kind of breathe Um, a little bit on its own and I wouldn't have that fever panic happening so it might have calmed me down a bit and so we had very different (laughs) experiences of that night because she just wanted me to be able to sleep and I just thought I was gonna die but so she did end up checking up on me throughout the night several times and Martin ended up staying on the phone listening to me breathe until I think the early hours of the morning just because there was this weird feeling of, I don't know what's going to happen next. I've never experienced this before. This is really scary for me. And that kind of happened for two days. I had two really bad days of, oh my gosh, this could end really badly. I might need to go to the hospital. I don't know what my (laughs) oxygen levels are. And it's funny because we got um, an oximeter. Is that how you pronounce it? So it measures your oxygen And um, it's like the little thing you put on your finger. And we didn't end up getting it until I was sick for about a week and a half or two weeks. And it was, it was pretty low after that, after that had happened. I think my lowest recorded one was 93, which is not horrible. It's not in the super danger zone. But that was when I was feeling better. So I can't, (laughs) I think we would have gotten a little scared if we had measured it during those two days that I really couldn't breathe because I think it would have been fairly low if when I was feeling better, it was still pretty low. So that's just a little tidbit. So I had those two days that weekend of feeling very sick and not feeling good at all. And this is when I start to get a little, um, it's a little sketchy in my brain of what happened next because it basically was another three weeks of on and off fevers on and off symptoms and still regaining my breath. And during those two days of not being able to really breathe or catch my breath, I could hardly move. I could hardly lift my head to drink water. I could hardly move to eat food. I really, it was difficult going to the bathroom. I needed to take breaks going to the bathroom and my bathroom is connected to my room. (laughs) So I would have to stop halfway there, lean on my dresser, lean on the door, go to the bathroom, then come back. 
And it was very, very difficult. And I was basically just in my room the entire time, obviously, because I was quarantining from my family. And I struggled a lot to move and be active or even just switch positions on the bed without really losing my breath or being completely exhausted afterwards. And that lasted a pretty like a pretty long time afterwards, um, at least another four or five days of really just feeling very weak and only being able to sit up for a certain amount of time before I had to lay back down. Sitting up was very difficult. It was the most I could do. And that lasted longer after that really horrible weekend. And my breathing was starting to come back a little bit. I was still struggling, but it wasn't as frequent as it was for those two days. So that was happening. That was getting a little bit better. My coughing was kind of on and off. I would go stretches and I'd think, oh, wow, maybe my cough's getting better. And then I would just have horrible, horrible coughing fits that just took everything out of me. And I was never coughing up anything. I was purely just, it was just a dry cough. I wasn't ever sneezy. I never had any snot. It was nothing like that. And I honestly didn't even really have a sore throat. I think I had a little bit of a scratchy throat in the beginning, but nothing really after that. It was mainly the dry cough, mainly the fever, a lot of shortness of breath and tightness in my chest, and also pain in my rib area. Like it was just really sensitive to touch my rib area and the area of my spleen. It was kind of a silly way to describe it, but it it was in a lot of pain or even the area near my liver. I'm, I'm assuming those are the, those are the areas that I vaguely know. So it might not have been those two organs, but those two areas had a lot of sharp pain, a lot of dull achiness that was just happening constantly. And so these were, this was kind of what I was experiencing for a good long while. And then after a week of kind of getting a little bit of my breath back, but still feeling really tired, really sore, I started to be able to sit up a little bit longer and go a little bit longer without fevers. And it started to happen where my fevers would leave for a certain amount of time and then come back. And so they were telling us I had I wasn't confirmed COVID or anything. I ended up taking a test, but I think I mentioned to you how the test came back in a we think it's inconclusive because of um the way they uh told me and they said they messed up my name and they lost my test and all this stuff. So we so we kind of didn't trust them with whatever <laughs> results they had after that. And so I'd had a test and um, and whether this was COVID or not or a strain or I have no idea, but all I know is I was very sick for a month and this is my experience with it. And so I, I also at this point had lost my uh, sense of smell and sense of taste. And I was never great at smelling or tasting in the first place, um, but it really just went blank. Like I just really couldn't taste anything. It was purely a texture thing. And another funny thing I experienced was when I had fevers, I would get this weird delusional feeling of I need to eat, I need to eat, it's healing my body. And so I would be really nauseous. I never I never had any other um, like uh, puking or diarrhea or anything like that. It was purely just nausea. But I would eat and eat and eat because I was like, I have to finish this. I have to finish it. It's going to heal me. It's going to help me. It's going to help my body fight this, which is so 
funny and silly that that was my mindset. And my mom had to tell me several times, she kept saying, you don't have to finish it. If you're not hungry, you don't have to eat it. But my weird fever mind was telling me, eat it, eat it. You have to get it in your body. And then I would feel so nauseous and so sick afterwards. And so that just didn't help. And that happened for probably a week and a half, two weeks, the nausea and the eating. But so with my fever, it started leaving for a certain amount of time and then coming back. And oh, this was this is what I was going to say like two minutes ago. Um, through all of the news programs and health advisories and things, they kept saying you have to really go 72 hours or three days without having a fever to consider yourself on the track to healthiness or not healthiness, but recovery. That's the word I was looking for. And so that's kind of the number we held in our heads was, okay, 72 hours without a fever, let's do it. And I swear for two weeks, it was the worst game of, I guess, could you even call it like cat and mouse, Um, where I would be the mouse running and then the fever was the cat. And at the last second, it would snatch me. And um, it happened to the point where I'd go a day without a fever and I'd be feeling a little bit better. My cough would be better and my breathing would be better and I could sit up longer. And I kept thinking, I'm getting better. This is it. It's happening. And then the next day, bam, hit with the fever, hit with the um, achiness of the joints, hit with the exhaustion, and I would just sleep. And then the next day I would go without a fever and then a fever would hit. And then it started patterning to where I would go like a day and a half or two days without a fever and then a fever would hit and it would hit hard and it was like oh so close so close and it kept stretching itself out and so each each phase lasted um two to three days and then it would go a little bit longer and it was so awful because it got to a point where I'd be at like two and a half days almost to the three day mark And then right at the last second, I would get hit with a fever. And it was usually at night. I would feel pretty good during the day and then night would hit and my body would ache and I would get the fever and my eyes would go glassy and I just felt horrible. And so that happened to the point where I was almost to the three days and then I would get it. And then the next morning I would wake up with a raging headache. And if you guys have listened to this podcast, you know your girl knows a headache. <laughs> I live with headaches every single day. I, I know most of the different types of headaches and how they feel. And this one was very different. So I knew it wasn't anything like a pressure headache or just a normal like eye strain headache or exhaustion headache. All the he- these headaches I feel in my life, it wasn't this. And so it was a new, a, a new form of headache that I was getting after these last minute fever sessions. And so that happened, I think, for another another couple of rounds where I would be good, I'd be good. And it was almost to the point where I wanted to hide that I didn't have a fever, <laughs> that I had a fever. And I'd be talking to my mom or she'd come check on me. And I'd be like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And she'd look in my eyes and she'd say, just take your temperature, what is it? And it'd be like 101 or I think the last one that got really high was 103. And I just was so sad because I was so close to being three days. And I don't know why I just held that in my brain and my heart. And I just kept thinking, if I get three days, then I'll be on the road to recovery and I can start counting down my quarantine. Because whether I had it or not, we weren't going to take any risks with any of the people in my house or the people that I know, or if I was to go to the grocery store or even go walking outside, I just didn't want to risk that whether it was COVID or not, or whether I just had a really bad flu, who knows? 
I don't know anyone who's had a flu last for a month, but I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. And maybe it wasn't COVID. Um, it worries me for how my body would respond to COVID though, if I could hardly beat off a flu, but that's besides the point. So I finally, after days and days like this, I finally started getting better and my cough by the end of it pretty much had gone away. It was still there a little bit, but not a ton. I was able to sit up longer. I was able to walk. Um, I remember walking down my stairs and going outside for the first time. It was like the first time I'd been outside in weeks and weeks, and it was incredible. I just sat in the grass. I just sat in the grass and I looked up to to the tree in my backyard. And I just, I just was so happy and I was in the sun and I could hardly, it took all of my might to get out there. So really I was taking a break before I had to get up and go back inside. But it was so, so nice to be outside again and to be out of my room. And so I started to get better and I started to be on the path to, on recovery, the road to recovery, the road of recovery, one of those things. And I started being able to focus on things longer and I could walk and I took a shower. I did have to take several breaks during that shower, but I still took one finally. It'd been a very long time. And we cleaned my sheets and tried to clean my room and tried to get things a little bit more normal again. And I have to say it's been almost a month since I had it and I still feel the effects of it whether that is when I go walking or when I do certain tasks, I'm finally feeling like I'm getting a little bit back to my normal self, but I couldn't move for a solid month. I basically laid in bed. And so my back was pretty tired and my neck was tired. The one, the one good thing though, I have to say is I think I talked about it in an episode. Yeah, I did where I slipped my disc uh, two or three months ago, about a couple weeks before the whole pandemic really started to heat up. And I could never rest it enough because I was in school still and I really had to go to school and I had to kind of compromise some of my work or adapt because it was so still in so much pain, but I could never just take the time to let it heal. And I came home and I laid in a bed for a month and my back feels great. It, it basically, I think, healed because I was spending so much time in bed and giving it so much rest. And so that was that was a plus of that. Um, but afterwards, it did take some time to get back into any semblance of health or not not even fitness, but ability to wash my hair without having to take a break or walking up or down the stairs without needing to hold on to the handrail or all of these different markers or even being able to walk around the block once because the first day I think I got to the end of the street and had to turn back around or maybe I got around the block but it was very difficult and I needed to take a break. So it was definitely a long, a long time and a long recovery. And if it was COVID whatever it was it wasn't I was sick but if it was I have to say I feel lucky that I came out of it and I know people had a lot longer recovery than what I had and so it is it is a wacky thing and a wacky time and I don't know I I I could have had it I could have not maybe I just had a really maybe I was just really really sick but regardless 
I was sick and it was a bummer. And I just wanted to talk to you guys about it and give you my experience on whatever sickness I had and how I dealt with it. And basically, there wasn't a whole lot we could do. I had, um, oh, we always forget this. It's like a little breathing machine. And oh, me and my mom always forget the word for it. But it was a little breathing machine that we used to have when we were kids because I got bronchitis a lot as a child. And just we had like pneumonia and stuff. So we had this little breathing machine. And I'm sure someone's sitting at home screaming out what it is. My friend Savannah would know. She's the one who texted me the name in the first place, but I can't, I can't think of it as, as we speak. So I would use that, like that breathing machine and to do breathing treatments to see if that would help. And I just, I also just took baths to try and like, I don't know, we thought that could be a good idea. There really wasn't anything I could take for it or do for it. So We just were trying anything and everything we could. I was taking a lot of vitamins, a lot of vitamin C, just trying to help my body in any way I could, drinking a lot of water, also drinking like Gatorade to try and get some electrolytes. I know that's not the ideal for electrolytes, but that's, it was pretty good. That's what I had. Um, So yeah, that's kind of all we could do. And basically I just slept. That was probably my biggest help for myself was just sleeping for hours. I would sleep 12, 13 hours a night, and then I would take a two-hour nap during the day. It was just constant sleep, Um, probably catching up on (laughs) years worth of not getting enough sleep. But yeah, I think that's kind of the experience I had. I think that's about all I have to say about it. Obviously, if you guys have any questions or if you come up with the name of that object I'm talking about, that breathing machine that I can't think of, uh, feel free to email me at brainfartpodcast at gmail.com or I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at brainfartpodcast. I try to respond or I try, I do. I respond to everyone who contacts me. And yeah, if you, if you had a similar experience or know people who had a similar experience or just need someone to talk to during these crazy times, please feel free to reach out. Um, I love to hear from you guys and I know it's kind of a wacky time and we need to support each other and be there for each other and that's what I want to do. So I hope, I hope this was interesting. I hope it wasn't a downer or anything. I know, I know there's a lot of COVID talk happening right now and it's basically consuming all of our daily lives. So maybe next week I'll stray away from it just to give us all a break, but I did want to give you my story and let you know how I'm doing and what I was doing. And yeah, I think that's about it for this. So have a great whatever time it is, wherever you are, and I will talk to you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.